while they're already down. The ref has waived the match. The fight is over, and Hunzecker still raining down haymakers. Uh, Talk about amazing. the upset of the century. If you ask Texas before the year who would put the final nail in their coffin, I bet Dave Hunziker was not on the board. <laughs> but here he is, standing over their grave, laughing. Gutsy Great. effort, man. Gutsy effort. Uh, I hope the kid that hurt his knee on that last interception is okay. They said that um, it hyperextended. It looked really bad. Yeah, yeah sometimes a hyperextension is, is better than – like if you just like if it just gives out on yeah. you, it um, sounds like the initial thought was it's a lot better than what it looked, looked like, like on yeah. the replay. It yeah. looked bad. It did. It did. Uh, it was a great play. Uh, awesome finish to that football game. After you know trying to uh, serve it up to Texas, getting a punt blocked, um, not coming up. You know it, that that football did not hit Presley. Agree. But go catch the thing, right? You, if you bail out on it whenever it's it's right there on you, there's a good chance it is going to hit you. I mean, he's extremely lucky that it didn't somehow hit him. Um, but it got called that way anyways. And then uh, the Sanders kid at quarterback throws an interception down there in the end zone. Um, like Those are game-changing mistakes that you typically you can't overcome one of those, uh, much less three of them. And – they kept fighting, uh, you know, kept digging, clawing, and found their way back in that football game and ultimately won it. 17 unanswered late. Yep. Text line says, you two picked Texas to win. Laughing face emoji. Uh, no. That's not accurate. <laughs> That's not no. accurate. Neither one of us picked. Uh, <laughs> actually, uh, Oklahoma State was my lock of the week, and um, I should have taken them as the upset. Daggum, UCLA went out to Georgia and got thumped. Well, Bo Nix finally played well in a big game. Dang, and, man. buddy, did he play well. He, uh, that he was, dude, he was five total out, touchdowns. Man. Woo, he looked good, dude. He looked oh, good. Oh, wow. I'd say so. So, um, yeah, Tex- Texas, like, their goals, well, I don't know what their goals are. Their goals might have been just to get to San Antonio and play in the Alamo Bowl this year. Who knows? But a Big 12 championship, college football playoff, all that, it's, it's off the table. Um, is there any chance that Saturday was the beginning of the end for Sark? I know that he has job security because he has Arch Manning committed, but he's 10-10 and 10 at Texas after 20 games, 1-6 and six in true road games. Like, What does the current hot seat temperature, what does the immediate future look like for Steve Sarkeesian with that job? Well, I think there's always a chance, right? There's always a chance. I mean, what are the chances that uh, Arch Manning's looking at the party going on in Tennessee and saying, man, do I need to reevaluate well, Uncle jo- Peyton? Georgia, I, they got a quarterback committed there, but, you know, I guess if Arch well, can go wherever he wants to go, I'm going to Right. Guess. I guess I'm just, you know, the, I, I threw Tennessee out there as an example. Um, you know, he's got him committed. He doesn't have him signed. And, you know, I – I would say that there's a chance that it's the beginning of the end. I tend to believe he they're going to give him quite a bit of leash, but I could be wrong. It feels like it feels like once you lose the public, the fan base, 
like the administration typically craters pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, you know what? Once you once the fans are against you, it's really hard to ever earn that back. And there's always going to be a few fans that you know aren't happy with the way things are going. But when you get the majority of fan base against you, I don't know if there's very many coaches ever in the history that have turned people's minds you know the other way around. Well, unless you have a ninety million dollar buyout like Jimbo Fisher does, right? Like Jimbo Fisher's lost the fan base, but I don't know that has Sark. I because I haven't seen the Texas Twitter fans be as vocal as i have the a&m but but i don't know i don't know what that what that bubble looks like they may be uh fuming at sarkeesian they're and fuming I just at me i made a lot of them mad this weekend on twitter <laughs> that's for sure they didn't like me Ugh. yeah but are, are they fuming um i mean they're upset i don't think that they're i don't think the majority of the fan base is against him i think they're too afraid that doing something would crater their current recruiting class with Arch Manning. Well, they've lost three football games just like the University of Oklahoma has. Is everyone talking about their recruiting class totally falling apart like they were ours um, or still are? No, I, I mean, I, I don't I don't know exactly. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. Which, right. by the way, I brought this up during Locked In today. Today is the uh, – one month anniversary since OU suffered its first loss of the year, which good God, mm. that's the longest month of my life. Thinking that it was a month ago when OU lost to no Kansas kidding. State, that seems like six years ago. But that was the that was the start of well, here we go. This class is going to completely fall apart. They can't play any defense or anything. No decommitments. No, still zero. Yeah. Well. Um We'll see. You know, it still looks positive, still looks strong. We got that win that made us feel better for the short term, but you got to keep stacking them. No one cares that you ended a three-game winning streak with a win over Kansas, even though that's a three-game losing football streak. Team. I wish it was a three-game winning streak. Oh, no, you're I right. It, yeah. you, you, nobody cares if you go out to Iowa State and lose right. this weekend. I mean, this is—it's a big game for just kind of the overall optimism for this season and maybe even this coaching staff because, yeah, you did some nice things against Kansas, and I think everyone recognized that last week. But no one's going to give a rip about anything you did against Kansas, the 700 yards, whatever you did, if you go up to Iowa State and you look like you regressed during the bye week. Uh, there's going right. to be a lot of people, and I think rightfully so. If this team goes up there to Ames against a team that's a little bit better than advertised, but you don't look like you got any sort of better throughout the uh, bye week, There'll be a lot of people PO'd. Right. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing. That's what I was saying earlier. I, they're 0-4 in the conference, but I don't think they're the worst team in the conference. But your fan base doesn't care about that. And the only, like, the narrative you're going to hear is we lost to the worst team in the Big 12. Yep. Right? And, and, and that's... You know, that's as deep as people are going to look. No one really cares, right? So um, it doesn't matter what Iowa, what they actually are. If you lose to them, uh, people are going to be pissed. But, hey, you know what? Uh, after losing three straight and everyone was convinced we were going to go three and nine, maybe they'd stomach it a little bit easier. Yeah. 
I am uh, very nervous about this game. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's just kind of the, uh, I don't know if it's pessimism that exists right now after the season. But any team and every team in college football, seemingly they have one game a year where it all clicks for them. You know, yeah. you could be a bad team, an average team, a great team, but everyone has that one game where it just all clicks on a given Saturday and you play your best ball. And it seems like the majority of those games are on, you know, when you're playing at home. Well, Iowa State's playing at home. They haven't had that game yet. I'm just – I don't think it'll happen. I guess it's more of a worry that it's finally going to click at least for one Saturday for Iowa State at 11 a.m. Well, I think they already had that game against the Ohio Bobcats, 43-10. Well, maybe so. That's by far and away the best offense they've had this year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. If And I'll say this, you know, we've – Heard from the fans. A lot of people think we're going to get beat and they're going to put up, you know, 48 points or 42 points, whatever it was, against us. And I don't know. Maybe that that's the case. But like I said, coming out of that Kansas game, that is not an easy offense to defend, Kansas. Um, they've put up points against pretty much everyone they've played this year except Iowa State. And, you know, I've seen some positive things coming out of that game, and I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more optimistic for the back half of the season defensively. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that we're going to all of a sudden start playing like the best defense in the Big 12 or even like a top 50 defense in the country. I'm just saying I feel like there's going to be some – some uh, decent improvement over what we saw during that three-game losing streak. And it's mainly it's mainly the TCU and Texas game. Kansas State, like, some bad things happened in that game, but it, you could boil that game down to, like, five plays defensively. Everything else was yeah. defended pretty well. But the TCU and Texas games were not. Like, it fell apart, and it was all bad after it fell apart on us. Um, I I – I expect us to be far better than we were in those two football games moving so. forward. I hope so. Um, I do think there's some opportunity that's you know waiting for OU on Saturday. Like overall, if you beat Iowa State, no one nationally is going to care. Oh, cool, OU, great job! You went on the road and you beat a team that hasn't won a Big Twelve game yet. You beat the worst team in the conference. Okay, that'll probably be the narrative. Whatever. But if OU goes up there and they score thirty-eight points and they've got 200 yards rushing, and Dylan Gabriel throws the ball really well and has, you know, around 250, 275 yards passing. Like if they go up there and play really well offensively and put some points on the board, I know nobody nationally will care about it, and that's fine. Who, who gives a rip about that at this point? But that'll say quite a bit. or say it'll, it'll make a pretty loud statement about maybe what this OU offense is at this point in the year. Agree. Yep, I agree. Um and you know, I we should be we should be as healthy as we've been at least in a little while. I don't know what the status is of the Bowman kid at safety. Um, seems like there's a couple other players that have been nicked up, banged up. Hopefully, the bye week got those guys back to feeling good, got our legs back under us, made some corrections. Um, you know, just kind of wipe the slate clean and, and have the ability to start over without. 
you know, having the memory of those those terrible terrible performances right there in the rearview mirror. Um, you know, hopefully it's a fresh start for these guys. And like I said, I we I'm not sitting here trying to tell you we're the best team in the Big Twelve, but I am telling you we're not the team that we saw on the field against TCU in Texas. They're definitely not the same team that against Texas. I mean, I don't. Right. I mean, right. I I guess there's a scenario where I could be wrong about that, but I just don't believe that team's going to show up again this year. But God, right. you might be a hit away from being that team again, no, that's which is scary thing. to yeah. think about. You know, if Dylan Gabriel goes down, all bets are off. Um, actually, they're not. They're still on, which that's the bad part about it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Quarterback has to stay healthy, but I don't know. I'm optimistic. Um, the fans, the group think seems to think we are going to give up 500 yards of offense and 40-plus points to Iowa State, and maybe they're right. Maybe they're right. Well, they're winning Saturday if that's the case. Correct. That's correct. I get ugly if that's the offensive numbers that Iowa State's going to put up. Yeesh. Yeah, we might lose the thing 42-13. You know? Boy, that'd be a fun world to live in the following week. Oh, you lose that game 42-13. to God. What do you mean? Uh, well, I we experienced doing uh, the show after the Kansas State, the TCU, and the Texas game. We've lived in that world for a few weeks now, and I'm guessing it would probably look pretty similar to oh, OU losing 42-13 to Iowa State on Saturday. Oh, yeah. I said, what do you mean? Because you're suggesting that there's a we to doing the show the week after that football game. Uh, that's true. You're out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be down with COVID-19 or something. Teddy's uh, one loss away from just saying, see ya. Right. Yeah, uh, actually, Disney World sounds better. I'd rather go. Oh my, and that's how bad it is that Disney yeah. World might sound better than the show? Jeez, it has fallen. I'd rather go spend $20,000 to stand in lines for uh, seven days than to uh, do radio. You know what, honey? Yes, we will get that $20 side of fries with a $50 cheeseburger for lunch. Anything other than having to talk about this football season. Bring me the pain. More pain. Give it to me. I'm uh, I'm in need of it as long as it's not talking Oklahoma football. You text. You text to get here. Kendall says, you guys don't think Iowa State is going to give Oklahoma their best game? Yeah, I do. I yes, I do. I just don't think it's going to be forty-two points worth of their best game. I think it's going to be uh, a one-score game played in the twenties, maybe low thirties. Yep. Uh, Saturday's forecast in Ames. Ooh, wow! Mostly sunny, fifty-eight degrees, Ooh. light winds. DG goes off. That's football weather, boys. Boy, that is beautimous right there. I love that. Hmm. Nice. A little fall weather, a little fall football. Well, that sounds great. Heck as of long a lot as better than 70 mile an hour winds like there was this weekend. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anything is better than OU's lone October home game and what the temperature was that Saturday for the KU game. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Man, we, uh, we, what, we got. Only two home games left, Baylor and Oklahoma State, right? Accurate, yes. I'm sure they'll be uh, around 30 degrees for both those games. I have no doubt. <laughs> After Probably. how hot the other ones were. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. Texas can suck for a decade plus and still not lose, and still not lose recruits. That is true. It does not matter how bad Texas is; they'll still find a way to finish with uh, top eight classes. History has shown yeah, that. I agree, but I, this one may be a little bit different, and this. This uh, era of college football may be a little bit different. Uh, previously, it's a little bit – you're less likely, I think, to lose a recruit. Uh, but now whenever someone's sitting there baiting you, they've got, uh, they've got an NIL deal on a hook, Hank dangling it out in front of your, your nose, right? I think – it could be a little bit easier to uh, to rip some of those players away. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I mean, let's let's not act like it, it's not going on out there. Hey, real quick, one last thing on this uh, OU Iowa State game. I just randomly thought of: Is there any middle ground to this game? Meaning, coming out of this thing, is it one or two extremes? One, you lose, and it's like. Pfft. There's no momentum with the program. You're four and four now. You're going to be lucky to make a bowl game. The season was a giant waste. They suck. I question the staff. I, I got so many issues right now. Or it, do you go up there and win and people say, like, okay, the offense was good. The defense is not great, but they've shown improvement. We can start to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. Like, things are starting to get better, and we can start to see it. Like, those are kind of two extremes. I don't know if the last one is so extreme, but I kind of don't feel like there's any middle ground. It's either you're like really optimistic about the rest of the year or just totally down and they're god-awful from here on out. Well, I mean, I think there's room to win the game and be upset. Let's say you're up 35-7, um, you know, going into halftime, and in the second half, defensively, you can't stop anything. And offensively, you're, you're three and out, those quick drives of, like, a minute and a half and you're punting the football and, and it falls apart on you but somehow you find a way to get out of there barely with a victory after um you know falling apart in the second half like i think that's a scenario where you get out of there with a win but in a fashion to where like you don't get very much of a chance to feel good about it you know yeah, yeah. just win don't care what it looks like I do not. I, they can play bad defensively and still win. Does not matter to me. Just Anything win, else? On, yeah, we, right, it, yeah, there's about 200 texts that uh, we will not be able to get to today, yeah, but we'll do our best. Let's hit some of those. Yeah. yeah, let's hit some of those next. Let's hit a quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at Newcastle Casino, I-44 exit 107, out here in front of the Front Row Sports Bar. they got TVs everywhere. Sports is on. They've got um, happy hour every single day from 3 to 6 with good deals going on domestics and well drinks plus other great uh, promotions going on throughout the casino stay tuned That's offensive coordinator Jeff Levy earlier this afternoon talking about what his team uh, was able to accomplish on the bye week to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go, 405-651-3439. A lot of uh, different takes here. One of the constant and worst problems with the atmosphere at home games comes from all the old people in the stands who complain anytime someone stands up 
or gets loud cheering during the game. So our tickets are on the west side, which I feel like uh, the older season ticket holders are more likely to be on the west side, at least I think. Um, I haven't ran into any of that ever. Well, at least in the last couple of years since we've been sitting there. If that's it. I have heard plenty of anecdotal stories of that happening to to people. Oh, I believe it happens. I do. Um, You know, it's tough. I, I kind of. I mean, I I understand whenever you don't want to stand up for the entire game. I get that. And, you know, whenever the front row stands up and everyone behind does, it's just, you know, it, it creates – that's just kind of how it is, man. Um, but you can't you can't go to the, a game with nearly 100,000 other people and, and unless people are being, like, rude and language and being a problem, you can't ask people to – change the way that they you watch know what the you're game getting for you. Into. Yeah, you yes. know what you're walking into here. You, you cannot have that expectation. It's totally, it's unfair is what it is. Right. It's rude. If you don't I mean, want to go stand, like perhaps stand for three and a half hours during a football game in the heat, well then you shouldn't be there because let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to go stand for three and a half hours in the heat or the cold or whatever it is. I mean that's just that's just the nature of it, um, you know. I I don't know. I I I understand that people want to go, but there's also people that want to go and be loud and play a part in the game and try and factor into the game and create an atmosphere and have fun and I don't know. I I guess there really is no just easy great answer, but you know if you want a top tier atmosphere it's got to be loud you got to be on your feet you've got to be engaged got to be engaged with the football game you've got to be engaged with the the entertainment that's going on with the music and the speakers and you know there's complaints about the music being too loud and you know it's just it's always something man yeah there's always an excuse to not have a a rowdy atmosphere and a loud crowd, whether it's the time of the kickoff, the weather, or whatever it might be. Oh, man. We're complaining about people uh, telling others to sit down when they know they're going to a football game. So, yeah. Someone in the 918 says, yeah, it's kind of like people complaining about marijuana smell when you live in an apartment complex. <laughs> it's a great comparison. It really is. <laughs> oh man or like it's it's like complaining about uh marijuana smell going to a, a rock concert exactly. or something right yeah but the apartment complex i mean it, anyone that's Same ever thing. lived in one before it's just so much better and so much more accurate <laughs> make no mistake says jay in tulsa if ou somehow beats iowa state this weekend the sunshine pumping segment of the fan base will be uttering the phrase run the table yeah. Well. What yeah, what percentage the of the fan base is the Sunshine Pumpers? Fifty percent? I don't know. I I guess. Uh, what would you prefer? They say, "Let's lose the rest of them." 
tank for next season? No, I don't know. Hey, if uh, if people like their team or want to cheer them on to win and try and find some optimism in there, they're going to do that. Yeah. Patrick says, name a blue blood with a crazy home atmosphere every week. USC, God, no. Uh, Ohio yeah. State, not really. I mean, I, I, I see the point there. No, it's true. It, it, it's definitely true that whenever you're used to it and you've won a lot, it's it's way more difficult. It There is a higher bar of entertainment value. That's just that's just how it's going to be. I mean, I, I understand that that's a barrier to it. So what do you say? Okay, let's just be content with uh, a whole home atmosphere. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the only option. Yeah. Well, it, it's going to have to be a bigger deal when OU rolls to the SEC. Like the margin of error has already been pretty slim here in this conference the past couple of years. That changes once you go to the SEC, right? And Death Valley at night it, it has an impact on the game, man. I believe that Neyland Stadium two weeks against uh, go against Alabama had an impact on the game. When the swamp is rocking, it has an impact on the game. You're going to have to have an environment in these SEC games where the crowd has an impact because it absolutely could have an, an impact on the outcome of whether you win or lose. Here's the thing, and and I think this is what the texter saying, and I think there is a lot of truth to it. I have zero concern about a night game in October when we're number six in the country undefeated and Alabama's number one in the country undefeated and they're coming to our place. Like, that, I have zero concerns about that atmosphere, right? Zero. But, like, the concern I have is the 11 a.m. home game, uh, you know, home field advantage whenever – you're not number one or number six or whatever in the country. Uh, you don't have the margin for error. And any 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 small slice of, uh, of um, you know, atmosphere, whatever it is that gives you an edge, uh, you need, that's whenever you got to have it, man. I, th- that's the time whenever you actually need it the most. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, Do you see the breakdown of Britt Venable's contract, by the way? No. So he gets a $25,000 bonus in the event that OU reaches seven wins. So there's incentive, buddy. Let's go, baby. There's some incentive here to get to that seven-win mark. It's an extra $25K. Nice. Let's go. Uh, He'll make $400,000 for leading OU to a national championship. And, yeah, it's all the way down to $25,000 for seven wins. Uh, he also will make 25000 in any semester in which the football team posts a 3.0 team GPA. So if there's more um, of an urgency to get to class, then, it, hey, come on. Let's go. Right. Uh, don't you think – I guess four hundred k. it's definitely a lot of money, but – I almost feel like a national championship should be worth way more than that. Well, it, it is. It's going to be for him. He'll make $400,000, and he'll get a contract extension or maybe a new yeah, deal, and he will true. make more money. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if I was an athletic director, 
I would be taking note of like some of these contract situations. And I know like whenever you're in the market, you're really you really just have to pay the price. You can't really dictate terms, but my goodness, these contracts and the buyout situation is it's so bad. There needs to be like a like if you fall below this bar, like your buyout is bad. Like it's no longer good. Hey, you know I agree, but these ADs are so desperate to make the splash higher. They just throw out the stupid contracts, and someone could do that, but someone else will say, "No, we'll give you a fully guaranteed deal. Let's go." Right. It's all funny um, money anyway. Remember? Yeah. Whatever. It if it doesn't work it out, really we'll is. just make the donors pay for the buyout. No harm, no foul. Yeah. It is. There, it is ridiculous. Yeah. And I I imagine that there's a group of of donors right now at A and M that are having the conversation about how to come up with ninety million dollars. You know, I mean that's probably where it's at. I don't think it's going to happen. It'd be awesome. But it, golly, I I don't root for Jimbo, but for some weird reason, I'm rooting for. I don't know if I'm not rooting for Jimbo. I'm just rooting for A and M to be so stupid to pay a head coach ninety million dollars not to coach anymore. Yeah. Only for the same crap to continue to happen there every single year. Right. Eight and four, seven and five. Same thing. Circle of seven. Crazy. It's crazy. It really is. One more right. one more one yeah. more text real quick. Interesting. Do you guys think when we go to the SEC, we will hop on the cigar train? Basically like Alabama and Tennessee, they do the thing if they beat one another, they, they do the cigars, right? I saw South Carolina fans lighting up cigars after beating A&M. I don't know if that's like an SEC-wide thing, but could some of you out there see yourself smoking cigars after a big SEC win? Sure. Why not? Uh, any reason to celebrate? Anything that adds to the, uh, the entry, the atmosphere, the excitement? Looking forward to it? Sure. You don't Why think, not? You don't think it should be something a little bit more hardcore? Like beat Bama, maybe do some meth we or something. Are, well, I was about to say we are a legalized state. I mean, we could do that. I I think, yes, to answer your question, if we beat Alabama at home, there'll yeah. be some meth going meth. on for and no sure. no one will sleep until the next game <laughs> next the next Saturday. It'll be great. <laughs> uh, matter of fact, now that you mention it, I think it's a great idea. How about I take some victory cigars up to uh, Ames, Iowa? Huh? Is, that, is the bar too low for that? So or? They, no, that's not. There was a Greg McElroy, former Bama quarterback, was telling a story. Like they had when he was playing at Alabama, they had a bunch of cigars on the sideline ready to light them up after they beat Tennessee, but they didn't have any lighters. So <laughs> he's going nice. to the Alabama fans at like, hey, can we have some lighters? He had to go in the game late, and so he's in for like four or five snaps, like six lighters in his football pants. I, I saw that story. Someone referenced it. Did anyone find pictures where you could tell? No. Hey, is that a lighter? Are you just happy to see me there, Greg? What's going <laughs> on? All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Got a couple of segments left here from Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. Uh, thank you, Dave. I can listen to that all day long. I've only played it four times uh, since 2 o'clock today. 
probably uh, play it a couple more times before the week's over with. But Dave Hunsiker isn't the only one that took a little bit of a shot at the University of Texas after the game. Uh, their defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, said this, Teddy, mm. quote, When I walk out of the building, I don't see Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I see Ford F-150s, Chevys. I see blue-collar stuff. And I think our kids are immersed in the idea of toughness all day long, in quotes. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I like it. I like it. I mean, it's accurate. It's, I don't know if there's a bunch of F-150s and Chevys at OSU. I guess there probably is. But the Ferraris and Lamborghinis comment, it's accurate. Yeah, accurate. I like it. Wonder if anyone asked that. Sart, with all the Ferraris and Lamborghinis out there, you guys not blue collar enough. Hell no, Fred. <laughs> what kind of question is that? There's a lot of got a bunch of fighters in that room. I feel like I should play there's, that again so people don't think there's we're just a bunch a of Chevys out there. What kind of question is that? <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> oh man. Well, I, I love that comment, though. I, I think that's great. I think you you find whatever edge you can, right? And if if that gives you an edge when a team like Texas is coming to town and they've got something like that that you can point at about, uh, you know, they think they're better than you, they think that uh, they're a higher class football team than you are, they think they're special. Like, whatever it is that you've got to grab a hold of for motivation, you do it. Uh, I love it. I it, think that's great. It does make me think, though, because you could tell that Hunziker, he that was a, that was a line he was going to use. You know, oh, yeah. he, he had that one thought out, and it was great. Great. I mean, it was very well executed. What's he saving for the Bedlam game if Oklahoma State were to win that game? That's a good question. SEC you later, Sooners, or something like that. There's no telling. I think I think he'll he'll claim, and I don't know at that point because it's not what. There's one last game of the season. I don't know who Oklahoma State plays, but it would if they make it to the Big Twelve Championship off of that game, it will be some type of like passing of the torch or something. Oh, uh, like you know? the, like this one. I think he should just run that one back if it happens. I'll, I'll send him the audio clip, and he doesn't even have to say yeah. it. He can just play the audio clip. Yeah. I will say, though, like, there's been some up-and-down years between 2011 and where we are now, but since that point, they've been one of the most consistent teams in all of college football. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, they, they've won 10 games several times since then. Sure. Well, yeah, they're they, on the short list of – what was the list? There's only like – there's only like eight or nine schools 
that's on the list to have won as many games as they have in the last decade. Yeah. No, I mean, if consistency is the word that you want to use there, I think that that's a very fine word to use over the past decade for them. Now, it's not like they've got uh, they've hung a bunch of Big 12 conference championships. They've uh, and... hung uh, zero. Well, they hung one for that year, but zero uh, right. since that year. No, that's the truth. Is you know they haven't been able to to hang a bunch of conference championships and and college football playoff appearances. Or, I mean, have, how many New Year's Six games have they played in since they played then, one that year? Um, that year, last year, and they played in a Sugar Bowl against Ole Miss in was that fifteen maybe? Yeah. So I think three. Yeah, it's been good. It's a hell of a run. It is. Well, but they can get to a New Year's Six bowl game this year if they finish out yeah. well. But by no sure. means is that OU game an automatic win for those guys. Uh, th- those guys, who did I say, uh, Bongera and Schleybach, one of them had them playing. Bongera, you uh, pronounced that three different ways uh, when you brought uh, it up an hour ago, which is impressive. Uh, he had one of them had Oklahoma State and Tennessee playing in – Sugar One Bowl? Of the big, yeah, maybe the yeah. Sugar Bowl. Yeah, probably Sugar Bowl. That'd be, that'd be a good game. That'd yeah, be a fun game. Um, OU currently a one and a half point favorite right now against Iowa State. Right. What's the line at kickoff? Does it get to a pick em? Iowa State, a favorite. OU still hanging on. What's, what are we looking at uh, the rest no, of the No, Iowa if everything stays the same and we don't have any big injury news or any weather changes, whatever – uh, I think it'll stay probably close to the same, but money's going to start coming in on Oklahoma, I think, just to see him as only a one-and-a-half-point favorite in an 0-4 in conference. Iowa State, people are going to start pouring money on Oklahoma, I think. And we may, at kickoff, we might be a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Maybe yeah. doubt it's three. I don't think they really have any injury concerns, I- Iowa State, right? I mean, not – De- Decker seems fine. Back was hurt. Yeah, we talked about him, but um, Will McDonald, I haven't heard anything about him. Xavier Hutchinson, his feelings are probably still hurt after dropping that ball mm. against Texas. His pride's hurt. Yeah. But in terms of his actual body, I think he's okay. So. Yeah. All right, we got to hit a quick timeout. We got the final segment coming up next. Stay tuned. Newcastle Casino, I 44 exit 107.